The economic data runs hot all week. We cover the biggest analyst calls of the day. Planter beats expectations. Airbnb impresses. And Shopify disappoints with guidance. This is the Running With The Money show powered by Donate Capital and Pounding The Table. Let's get into it. It's not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Money never sleeps, pal. Just made 800,000 Hong Kong gold. There are three ways to make a living in this business. First, be smarter or cheaper. What is up and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money show. And my oh my, what a week. The data didn't stop coming when it came to the macro and we're going to dig into every shred of it. So without further ado, let's get into it and kicking it all off. Let's start with the damn labor market. The thing that will not stop getting better, it seems. And my oh my, we have jobless claims come out yesterday and they came in once again Hot, coming in at 194K. The consensus on that, or the consensus expectation, was 200K. And the previous read on that was 195K. So we had initial claims actually drop by 1,000. Now, the four-week average for initial claims came in at 189,500. Now, what does that all mean? Well, that was above the previous read of 189,000. And most people use the four-week average because many experts believe it to be more accurate when it comes to getting a read on initial claims. Now, taking a look at unadjusted claims, those dropped by 9,280 to 224,727 last week. And that also reflected, according to Reuters, a sharp decline in applications throughout California. Now, shifting away from the latest labor market data, Let's talk producer price index, the PPI, coming in hot this week as well. Now, the read came in at 6% on the PPI year over year. The consensus expectation was 5.4%, so we were significantly above the expectation. But again, when you look at the previous reading, that came in at 6.5%. So the overall trend remains down for PPI year over year. And why are we paying attention to the producer price index? We are paying attention to this because it is one of those key readings we get when it comes to inflation. Now, focusing on the month over month on the producer price index, it increased 0.7% in January. That's higher than the estimate of 0.4%, excluding food and energy. The core producer price index increased 0.5% and that's compared with expectations of 0.3%. So across the board, we had the producer price index coming in hot. But again, the overall trend for the year over year reading on the producer price index is still down. The previous read was 6.5%. Two reads ago, we were 7.3%. Three reads ago, we were 8.1%. So the read overall is to the negative. Now, Shifting into the consumer price index, we had headline CPI coming in at 6.4%. That was above the estimate of 6.2% year over year, and the previous read was 6.5%. So again, on the headline rate of CPI, the trend is still down. The actual rating coming in below the previous reports. And also looking at headline CPI month over month, it came in up 0.5%. That was in line with the consensus estimate of 0.5%. And the previous reading was 0.1%. And then the core CPI 
year-over-year reading coming in at 5.6%. The consensus on that was 5.5%, and the previous read was 5.7%. So we actually posted, Donate Capital, a chart of the CPI with the core reading, the headline reading, and the month-over-month reading. And what you see is the overwhelming downtrend off-peak when it comes to the consumer price index. Now, shifting in to retail sales that also came in hot this week. Yes, all the macro data, at least all the major points were coming in hot this week. You take a look and you had retail sales year over year coming in with an actual read of 6.4%. That was above the previous reading of 5.9%. And many investors looked at this as a sign that the consumer is still strong. But if we look at the overall trend of retail sales, let's look at the last five reads, including this one, it goes 6.4%, 5.9%, 5.9%, 8%, and 8.4%. So the overall trend is down. And must I remind you, at the beginning of 2022, retail sales year over year were coming in up 13.7% and 17.7%. So we are still significantly lower, but the consumer is hanging in there despite the Fed actions. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the week, we must talk about Goldman Sachs reiterating Tesla as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, in addition, we expect Tesla to discuss its Generation 3 vehicle platform where Tesla is targeting to reduce cost by 50%. And we believe this is a particular focus for investors, both how Tesla can potentially achieve this much cost reduction and with Tesla may be able to ship a low cost consumer vehicle based off the third generation platform. Goldman Sachs bullish on Tesla, reiterating it as a buy. We also had Daiwa reiterating Disney as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, we see international becoming the next driver in parks outperform DTC's profitability path. Media cost cuts can provide margin expansion. Daiwa liking what they're thinking over at Disney, bullish on the name, reiterating it with a buy. And this all comes as new management takes over. We also had Mizuo initiating GE Healthcare as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, GE Healthcare reboot is underway with path to greatness well paved. Our buy rating is based on one, positive feedback from our proprietary radiology survey that points to pent up demand for additional U.S. hospital imaging capacity Two positive checks from hospital surveys that point towards a return to double-digit growth in imaging procedures. Mizuo initiating GE Healthcare as a buy. We also had Wells Fargo downgrading Generac to equal weight from overweight. The firm went on to say, quote, we're reiterating Generac to equal weight from overweight due to strong performance year-to-date and what looks like aggressive 2023 guidance. We believe Generac could fall short of achieving the steep ramp implied in H2 2023 guidance. Wells Fargo bearish on Generac, downgrading it to equal weight from overweight. We also had Evercore, ISI, adding a negative tactical call to Home Depot. The firm went on to say, quote, the increase in mortgage rates, falling existing home sales, decelerating home prices, and guidance from HI vendors during their 4Q calls have softened expectations for HD, otherwise known as Home Depot. We also had Bank of America upgrading Roku to buy from outperform. The firm went on to say, quote, we upgrade Roku to buy from underperform based on the following reasons. One, performing better than the broader advertising market, which remains weak and shows strength of the platform. And two, ad spending across some verticals is bottoming 
out and should improve through the course of the year. Now, to round out the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have two more. We have Evercore ISI adding a positive tactical call on Walmart. The firm went on to say, quote, we are adding Walmart to our positive tactical trading ideal list ahead of earnings on Tuesday. Walmart stock has lagged in the S&P and S&P retail index by 5% and 17% year to date. We believe the recent shift is reflecting one, a risk on move broadly towards retailers with a more discretionary exposure and two, concerns that management is likely to guide CY23 below consensus estimates. Evercore ISI adding a positive tactical call on Walmart. We also had Evercore ISI adding a negative tactical call on Target. The firm went on to say, quote, Target stock has outperformed the market by 12% year to date. We anticipate a CY23 EPS guide under street estimates, probably around $8.50 to $9. Again, this Evercore ISI adding a negative tactical call on Target. The market makers and hedge funds run the market. But what if I told you there was a platform that provided unique insights into hidden hedging, exposing the smart money's active positions. Rocket Scooter revolutionizes technical analysis, utilizing liquidity data to reveal high reward, lower setups for any market environment. Not only that, but Rocket Scooter provides you with live stream trading every weekday, detailed training videos, personal coaching, and access to a private trading community of over 3,000 traders. Check out Rocket Scooter's easy to use platform that includes automatic liquidity mapping and customizable scanners and much more in fact this tool is so awesome i use it in my daily trading strategy so go give rocket scooter a try completely free using the link rocketscooter.com forward slash luke again that's rocketscooter.com forward slash luke let's get back to the show now, shifting into Palantir, earnings, the company beating expectations and delivering an EPS of $0.04 cents adjusted compared to the analyst expectations of $0.03 cents adjusted. They also reported their first ever quarter of positive net income on a gap basis of $31 million. Now, revenue came in at $509 million. That's better than the expectation of $502 million. Palantir's revenue coming in for the quarter up 18% year over year and U.S. commercial revenue growing 12% year over year. Now getting into the nitty and gritty, U.S. commercial customer count increased by 79% year over year. Hot damn, nearly 80%, growing from 80 customers to 143 customers. And taking a look ahead, guidance, Palantir said they expect to report between 503 and $507 million during their first quarter of 2023 and between $2.18 billion and $2.23 billion for the full year when it comes to revenue. Now, their CEO, Alex Karp, was reflecting on the previous years at Palantir, and he went on to say, quote, when we were just starting out, many doubted our ability to evolve beyond anything more than a specialty provider of software to a handful of government customers, let alone generate meaningful revenue from the government sector as a whole. They were wrong. Now, shifting away from Palantir, we have to talk Airbnb as well, because hot damn, they impressed with an earnings beat this week, delivering an EPS of 48 cents compared to the expectation of 25 cents. Talk about a beat. And then Airbnb also reported $319 million in net income for the quarter that was up $55 million from one year earlier. And revenue coming in 
for the quarter at $1.9 billion. That was above expectations of $1.86 billion and represented revenue growth of 24% year over year. Now, gross bookings value, which Airbnb does use to track host earnings, service fees, and on top of that, cleaning fees and taxes and all that jazz, that totaled $13.5 billion for the quarter, and the company reported 88.2 million nights and experiences booked in the fourth quarter. That's up 20% year over year, if you were wondering, but that also came in below the 89.7 million expected by analysts. Now, average daily rates, those did decline by 1% from a year ago to $153, but I mean, Talking 1% here, who really cares? EBITDA coming in at $506 million. That passed up estimates of $432 million, according to analysts. And now taking a look at guidance, looking ahead, Airbnb said they expect revenue for the first quarter to land between $1.75 billion and $1.82 billion. And that also came in above the expectation by analysts. So overall, I mean... Airbnb, pretty impressive results here. And now shifting in to our final name of the day, final earnings that we will be covering in the show, that's Shopify. We need to talk Shopify here. So for Q4 2022, they beat revenue estimates by 4.8%. That revenue coming in at $1.73 billion, which does represent 25.4% growth year over year and a three-year CAGR of 50.7%. I mean, that's pretty darn good. They also beat on non-GAAP EBIT estimates by 135%. The estimate was negative 45 million. My oh my. And also the BEPS estimates of two cents by nine cents. So overall, it was pretty good on the headline numbers. Now, GPM did miss estimates by roughly 70 basis points, but GMV came in at $61 billion for Q4, which was up 12.8% year over year. Monthly recurring revenue also coming in up 7.3%. Now we take a look at margins in Gap GPM came in at 46%. That was down 420 bips year over year. We had EBIT margin come in at 3.5%. That was down, unfortunately, by 590 bips. We had Gap EBIT margin come in at negative 10.9%. That was down 1,190 bips year over year. But aside from that, they also missed when it comes to revenue estimates by roughly 1% to 2%. But the stock got crushed on that guy guides a miss of 1-2%. But overall, based on headline numbers, revenue, EPS, those came in pretty well. The revenue growth was pretty solid coming in up 25.4% and that recurring revenue growth up 7.3% is also pretty good. So investors may be looking over a lot of the positives in the Shopify report and selling it down on that minimal guidance miss. Now, that is it for the show today. Thank you for listening. And my, oh my, we just went through a lot of data pretty darn quick. So if you need to uh, go over it again, feel free. But that is the show. Thank you all for listening. And we will be back next week, I promise, covering the biggest data points of the week, the biggest earnings, and much more. Until then, go give my boys over at Pounding the Table a lesson, eat the profit, train on, and I'll see you then. Thank you.